0: Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from every remaining Division I team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast as, again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point, and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough it's just a better version of that Turner Grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them. Also, a massive shout out to our friends at Turna. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turna Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our twenty twenty three NTAA Sweet Sixteen Press Row. The
1: Man of Seas Drive.
0: Joining us on the podcast once again today is a returning champion here on our Crack Rackets show, a man whose team went 2-0 in the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament, earning a 4-0 win over Idaho in round one, a 4-1 win over San Diego in round two. Of course, perhaps most importantly, with his appearance today, he moves into third all times in terms of most appearances on our Crack Rackets podcast. I'm sure that's something he'll put on his fridge as we welcome back. A dear friend of our show, head coach of the USC men's tennis team. Welcome back, Coach Brett Macy. How are you doing today?
1: Good, Alex. I actually could put it on my resume, but I'm hoping not to ever have to use that again. So we'll be—we'll uh, just keep it on the fridge for now. Yeah. When you have the job
0: you're looking for, what do you even do with the resume? Do you burn it? Do you shred it? You're like ne- it puts in a file. Never again.
1: <laughs> it's under the personal file for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's that's where it belonged. But obviously, always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you, coach, particularly after a weekend that saw your team earn a couple of victories to advance to the Super Regional. Let's get right into it. What did you enjoy most about the opening weekend of play from your team?
1: Uh, I thought our doubles was pretty good, um, especially coming off of Pac-12s where we didn't win the doubles point uh, in the last two matches. But Uh, You know, Sam being inserted back in the lineup was definitely nice to have and getting our guys. I mean, that's I think that's the first time I've played the lineup exactly the way I've wanted to for the entire season. Um, So I think if you're asking me what my number one best moment was, I think it was that Uh, just being able to play everybody at a spot that uh, I I was hoping to. And. Yeah, you know, I was pleased with you know our our depth is is very uh is very nice to see as well. So seeing our guys and you know seeing how difficult it can be for teams to kind of uh, you know put up points against us, I you know I think that's that's something that I'm gonna hopefully uh, cherish here even coming this weekend. So you know, those were probably the two main takeaways that I saw and our guys competed very, fairly well. First day we could have been a little bit better against Idaho. Second day, Keckley's guys are very uh, vocal, is the right word. Um, and, uh, you know, we it makes it kind of like you're kind of dealing with a pest. And we had to stay, keep our heads on straight, and we did a good job of that.
0: I like that. Vocal, animated, spirited would be the positive connotation of the energy brought yes. by a San Diego team, certainly. And, look, I mean, we'll do a— full soliloquy on Lerner Tn here in a moment, but you brought up the big theme. You really have had this roster, your set roster, for about seven total days this season. Do you feel that at all as a coach, or do you feel like this group is pretty well gelled going into this NCAA tournament? Because again, sample size-wise, <clears throat> you've had the full roster for what, like seven matches?
1: Yeah, I mean Sam was was out a little bit right when we got Lerner eligible, um, and we were kind of dealing with some nagging stuff, that, you know. And so again, you're putting doubles teams out there that you hadn't played together, and like I said, we had, we had just come off a couple good matches where Wojtek and Sam had one one at doubles at one doubles against Stanford and at Cal. So I was like, okay, this could be our, you know our, this is our new team, and then being able to insert Lerner in. Along with, you know, with doubles and then in the singles, I was like, all right, we're going to get to do this. And we just didn't get to, we didn't have a chance for all of Pac-12s. Um, these guys were playing a little bit out of position in doubles. Singles, we have had that now. Singles, I've felt pretty good about our singles lineup, you know, the last, uh, the last three weeks now. You know, since we've been able to insert Learner, And, you know, I think right now our depth is pretty, pretty strong. So, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but. You know, with our doubles hopefully taking off and with our singles we I and I'm hoping for some good things there.
0: What's it like for you as a coach to get that news? You know, st- and I've, listeners have who listen to our Crack Rackets College Tennis content are somewhat familiar with the journey of freshman learner Tien, who wins Kalamazoo last summer, is ripping 140 mile per hour serves against Kasmenovic as he takes a set in the first run of the U.S. Open. He commits late in the year to USC. And, you know, all of us were wondering when, if, He would become eligible. We finally get that news early in April. I want to say it was against Oregon or something like that, that he's going to make his season debut. What sort of energy boost does that give to the guys? Because, look, I guess just to be blunt, like I swear to God, Steph is back since that learner announcement. It's just like it just feels like everyone. You see what Mock and Voitek are doing at three and four. It just feels like it's sent a jolt through your roster.
1: Yeah, the balloon definitely got uh, lifted back up again, you know, got filled up and, uh, you know, like the helium tank was running low and then adding adding Lerner in, we, you know, just being able to put him in there just gave everybody that boost you just mentioned. You know, I, it's something to be said, I always, if you're playing in a spot and you feel pretty secure about the other five positions, you know, around you, you always play a little bit more freely and i've felt that definitely you know since we've gotten learner you know and Lerner hasn't even really played his best tennis i would say i think he's still trying to get adapted and he's starting to kind of get a better feel for himself on the court now that he's gotten more repetitions on a weekly basis um you know he's played now nine matches in the last four weeks where before he played two matches in three months um so you know definitely that is that has helped the cause as well, and you know we're just hopefully looking forward to some, you know, another couple of weeks here with them.
0: Yeah, and uh, you mentioned the depth. What it right. does to perhaps move people down a spot in the lineup. You know, one of the guys who I think has quietly maybe become one of the more underrated guys in positions in the country is Peter Mock at three, who leads your team in victories this year. I think he's seventeen and four overall, or was going into the NCAA tournament. He's had a great year. You know, to move him to three, to move Wojtek to four, all these different dominoes. Uh, obviously, we've seen it in the results. Peter specifically, am I on to something? Like, it just feels like everything has sort of fallen into place for him this season.
1: Yeah, no, he's, he's definitely been a strong point for us, no matter what across the board. I think, you know, his his fall was, was fairly solid. He won our regionals and he set himself up pretty, pretty well. And then he came back in the spring and, you know, he took on that number two role at indoors and had some really good results, you know, being a Lafayette beating Sagerman, Um, you know, he lost the, or he was in the third, I think with, I mean, he also beaten Henning uh, at one point as well, um, you know, in February. So he had had a really solid, start to the season and then he hit a little bit of a blip you know a middle part there and then once we added again Lerner. i don't think he's lost in, in quite a while um and he's won some pretty big matches so you know i hopefully knock on wood we can uh keep that up with him and like you just said like Voytex has been very successful along with it having bradley fry who was playing two for us last year who did really well and now playing at five i think low has just done an awesome job holding us down we could have back and a few matches in there but if you watched any of his at pac-12s you know that i mean when that kid is rolling he's tough to beat and he showed some really good stuff at pac-12s beating arthur fury like two and one i mean that's not easy to do um uh, any day And so for him playing at that level you know that he's got the goods. Mm-hmm.
0: So let, let me just ask you bluntly, and I know you've already talked about the doubles, trying to find pairings, trying to build continuity. Are you at the point where you feel like if your team's up 1-0, you're not getting beat? Like, how much are you stressing, emphasizing, practicing doubles down the home stretch of this season? Because to your point, you look at the depth in this singles roster, anyone can be beaten on any given day. But it feels like to beat four of your guys right now, that's going to be really hard to do. How much are you just, you know, bluntly you and EJ saying, hey, guys, like doubles, we got to focus on this down the home stretch?
1: Yeah, it's one of those things. It's the elephant in the room. You don't want to you definitely have to take care of and you have to take, you know, a a pretty high alert on. But if you, you don't put so much pressure on it, the guys play with too much nerves. But I don't think we do that. I think that the guys, you know, being able to have someone like Steph playing at three doubles with Ryan Colby, that's a pretty good team. I mean, although I told Steph, I said, look, you're going to have someone who's going to be able to match you power for power down there at three this week for the first time. I don't think anybody's been able to do that, which is why they've had a lot of success. But, you know, having Styler down there, you know, you're going to have somebody pound for pound that can hit the ball bigger than him. Um, And, you know, but like with the guys that so we have experience at two and three, I feel, I feel strong about that. And start two bigger guys at one, you know, it's a set to six, right? Like it, you could have a really bad day and everybody's just off. And unfortunately you lose that. But if you're, if you're clicking and you got it going and we're, you know, we're starting to play a little bit better doubles, then yeah, I do feel really well or really good going into singles going, man, I I'll take our guys any day of the week to, so, you know, if we're going to lose four singles matches. Now watch, I just jinxed us, and we'll do it on <laughs> Friday, and we're going to go lose four singles matches. But I, hopefully that doesn't happen. We're Ryan. not put in that position. But no. I feel pretty secure about that.
0: No, I, I totally understand that. It's good to be confident at this point of the season. And, yeah, I might have been joking around with my younger brother about the idea, what if, since they're both going to be at three doubles, no disrespect to Bickersteth or... Uh, or Colby but like what if we just (laughs) have that match at one be three out of five sets and we make it worth one and a half and it's just like (laughs) that way it's three and a half to three (laughs) no matter what because yeah that's what everyone's coming to see Stefan Steiler three doubles one singles uh, and you got to be in person to see it so yeah let's just make that best of five sets have that ultimately be the decider but no I mean then through everything that your group has been through, this is one of the questions I want to ask every coach because obviously I know you're feeling good about each of the guys individually. What's been the biggest surprise to you about this group in coaching this team here in
1: 2023? Um, I think the fact that we've been able to have the success that we've had and we still haven't played our best tennis all together at once. So we're finding our... We're still finding ways to win. And we know we played pretty well, I think, at the beginning of the season to knock off Florida and Georgia out in Orlando, but I still don't think we played excellent. Like we're still searching for our best tennis yet. We're still finding ways to win, you know, like Steph didn't have a great weekend last weekend yet. We were very solid throughout the rest of the lineup and we were able to get it done out in, you know, out in uh PAC 12s, you know, Steph was really good. Wojtek was really good. Peter was really good. We didn't play well in doubles, and Bradley wasn't playing well. Yet we still found a way to win. Like I'm still like waiting for this team to all kick it into gear together, and be like, okay, come beat us. And the, that's what I probably would say is our been our best attribute as a team is we've been searching for that you know that one day or those couple of days in a row where you get all six clicking. And everything's gelling at the right time. And, you know, then I think that's when we could, that's when we're going to be tough.
0: That's such a fascinating thing to hear because, as you know, I feel the same way. Like, I think the biggest wild card remaining in the NCAA tournament is the fact that I still don't know how good your team is. And, like, Outside of people actually coaching or playing, I think I watch more college tennis than any human in the world, globally. If you were to say, Alex, what's the thing you do better than anyone else? It's watch college tennis. I am the best at it in the world. I still don't know how good this group is. And, you know, you mentioned it. You're sort of fully healthy. You get Rubel back in doubles here this past weekend. But obviously, looking at the Pac-12 tournament— 4-0 win over a solid Oregon team, then 4-2 wins over really impressive groups in Stanford, in Utah. Did you feel, you know, what did that Pac-12 title, you know, just to play three matches in three days and get three wins with this group that hadn't done that, what sort of value did that add to your team? And what'd you learn about your group during that week? Yeah, no, I, I,
1: I, again, like, we... We found some grittiness there to us and some toughness that we hadn't yet gotten, you know, all season. We had a lot of matches on the road and, you know, I put that, I put that tough schedule together for a reason so that, you know, our Pac-12s that we would, uh, you know, be gelling at the right time. And, you know, obviously I was hoping that Lerner was eligible sooner than that. <laughs> And so that was part of the, you know, failures along, you know, with or not successes, you know, to not get those come out on top against the TCUs, Texas, you know, we lost Arizona and Cal, and you know, like we've just had some unfortunate circumstances there. Uh, but I think it will, it definitely has made us tougher and made our group more hungry. And I think that they're, you know, going to be now trying to find and search for that. You know, that time where they can play well at the same time, like you said, and they're I think they're still waiting to, to all go out there and play their best tennis. And each day of practice, they're they're searching for that. And You know, hopefully they feel confident about that. Once uh, we get out there to Michigan, and we can just start start doing that now that we've played, you know, seven, eight, nine matches together. This team kind of starts to feel like, OK, I know what you do. I know what I do. Let's go out and get it done.
0: It is crazy that the NCAA tournament is this group's national indoors in terms of like progression on the calendar, where it's like, hey, this is our first shot getting to see the world, but also this is the NCAA tournament, so let's rock and roll. And, you know, obviously, you've been, uh, we've talked about this before, Sweet 16 at a host site versus a final site. How does having to travel to Michigan change how maybe you guys have to prepare this week? And again, are you fine if they just go back to the sweet 16 host site overall, as it was the last time we were in Orlando? Um,
1: I mean, as a traditionalist, yes, I do. Obviously not being on the winning side of it and having to go to Michigan. Of course, I would say I'd be more in favor of it. If we were getting to host, um, you know, then I would have been like, yeah, this is great. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's especially with finals and stuff like that, you're just trying to cram and move things along. But look, everybody's got their timing. You know, someone did their finals a week ago. Somebody might be doing their finals next week. It's it's all, it's never going to be simple, Um, you know. But I say, I think that for the sake of, just the timing of it all, it, it, it does make it sound like it's a little rush to move on and, and get to the next site. And then you're kind of stuck in limbo. Do you come home? Do you go back, you, you know, back and forth? Or do you stay out in Orlando or stay out? And, you know, if you get to win, do you stay out there and then travel. Who, who knows? Like, there's a lot of just what ifs up in the air. Sure. Um. So, but, you know, look, I'm, I'm expecting that, you know, Steiny and the Wolverines are going to have a great crowd. And that's what we've also wanted to have as a group as a coaching body is to have these matches feel like they're more meaningful and you know i'm, I'm pretty sure that michigan will have a good crowd and we'll get to get that experience
0: mm-hmm. no absolutely and you know I, I am curious it's a radical idea but i mentioned it third most appearances on the podcast you're used to my nonsense how closely do you monitor the rankings all year long because why not as a coach Like try to save three dates and then say if you're in your position and there's a team like a South Carolina or a Tennessee where you guys just kind of go, hey, like we're all on the bubble. We know losses don't hurt us. F*** it. Let's schedule a late season battle between our schools to try and scheme this ranking system, which to some sense is like math. I mean are you doing that math throughout the course of the year is that like a is that a crazy idea to be like why not just try to do that
1: Um I wouldn't say I would save dates just cuz it's so hard at the end of the season to try to come up with something like that Yeah But yes do I keep an eye on it I mean that's why I put the schedule the way I did together cuz if we would have taken care of even one or two of those matches you know whether it was a Texas or whether it was even just beating Arizona and Cal on the road, uh-huh. we might have been an eight seed. Uh-huh. I think we actually could have been an eight seed. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and there's a lot of what ifs there. You know, like Stanford's been injured all year. Sure. What if they are healthy the entire season and they're ranked a little bit higher? And that win is, you know, better than it was. You know, there's there's too many what ifs, I guess, for that scenario to kind of think should i hold on to some you know to some dates um yeah. you know but you know what we had the opportunities that we had look we lost four three to kentucky they are four in the country we win that match you know and we we're hosting like so there's a lot of just possibilities there that we've kind of i want to say blown our chances but we you know we missed we missed our uh, opportunity yeah no it's just apparent- like in a match You got to win. You got to hold serve. And we didn't. And if you would have held serve, we would have won the match. And, or you would have won the match. And when you get your opportunities, you can't blow them. And we, we definitely have had our fair share of those.
0: Yeah. Well, with that in mind, another opportunity, obviously for you all coming up this weekend in Ann Arbor, you went there earlier in the season. I know the Wolverines knocked you off. Obviously that was the pre learner era. Your thoughts going into this sweet 16 matchup. What's it going to take for the Trojans to get
1: it done? Well, first off, like you said before, we're, we're going to be praying that the rain gods stay away. Um, <laughs> we definitely would love playing that match outside as opposed to inside where I know the Wolverines are a lot more comfortable, um, even though you would get to watch the match streaming that way. Yeah. Um, Better
0: for my you know, health if it's outdoors too, because I don't want to watch that. It's just it's just going to hurt me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, We've got about three matches that are the same as last time. You know, Steph and... Siler were going into a third, I think, when the match was clinched last time. Peter was up a break on in the third against Fenty, you know, and Bradley lost a match to Gavin, you know, and I think everybody's a little bit different now than they were. You know, I don't think Andre would have – we never thought Andre would have one loss going into this part of the season. Um, you know, so he's obviously playing really well. And at that point, Steph was playing awesome tennis, and he's had some pickups along the way. But that's going to be, be an absolute, you know – just on awesome firing power there, um, shot for shot. And, uh, you know, just across the board, I just think you have just really hard nosed, tough matchups where, you know, guys are going to be just full out, full on battling. And, you know, we know that Steiny's guys are going to be also really feisty and really competitive. And I think the thing that we learned there is that we've just got to keep our, 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 uh, our group close knit and together and fighting together so that, you know, we can uh come out with that, you know, with a W. And, you know, I think, again, we learned a lot from that battle and from that road trip playing indoors with those teams is that there's certain attributes that they had that we need to possess. And there's, you know, vice versa, things that we can get a little bit better at or things that we can keep uh, that we did really well, that we can keep them making even stronger. So, you know, I just, I just think that this, this match is everybody says it's going to come down to the doubles. I think it's just going to come down to a couple key moments where who's going to take care of their opportunities. Who's going to take care of their break leads. Who's going to, you know, maybe steal a set when they are up a break, those types of things that, you know, could come down to, to winning this match. And, you know, I think both teams are going to come out playing great tennis um, overall. I think they're going to be strong. Everybody's played a lot of matches. They know their games at this point of the year. And it's just, you know, who's going to take care of their opportunities once they have them?
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be a fun one. No doubt about that. And yeah, San Diego from a feistiness perspective, not the worst warm up for for this Michigan team and any Adam Steinberg team. That said, again, a couple questions I want to ask every coach uh, here on our interview series, Sweet 16 Press Row. This was a fun one I asked during the national indoors, and obviously it's a conversation I have with a lot of coaches off mic. But you know, I think fans out there want to hear from the best brains in college tennis. So I ask you, Brett Macy, is there a definitive title favorite right now on the men's side?
1: Um, I mean, I think it'd be tough for people to say that you know Texas or TCU don't have uh, the leg up on on everybody just because they've they've played so diligently and strongly the entire even the entire season you know they haven't lost other than to themselves for a long time um obviously Ohio State's a strong team you know they haven't lost really since uh well they lost outdoors to South Carolina and you know out on their court so you know it's uh honestly I think it could be anybody's race again like I said last year Virginia came in hot they hadn't lost since indoors they've done the same this year Maybe it hasn't been as clean as it was last year uh, for them. but And, you know, they're obviously missing a few more pieces than they did last season at where I think this year's rest of the groups are a lot, have a lot better depth than they did last year where Virginia, I think had that depth ultimately. And they had guys just playing lights out at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just got, God, it's just going to be, who's going to be come out and be, you know, swinging freely and who's going to be playing really well. And, I think there's probably about eight teams that can go out there and do that. I mean, so far it's been pretty chalk going across the board with the, you know, with the tournament uh, at this stage. Hopefully, you know, it's not going to stay the same. Otherwise, we're headed home. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I I really do think it's just a, a couple of things here or there. I don't like look at some some team and go, you know what? There's not one. There's not anybody on that team that like it's maybe a 50-50, you know, at one point or another, like on a given line, you know, maybe there's some some guys that are an edge over another, you know, a couple spots, but then it probably balances us out. And then it's 50-50 at those other couple of positions. So yeah, a lot of doubles points are going to be really important, you know, this week ahead, uh, you know, to see who makes it to Orlando and then going forward. No, I, so couldn't I, I didn't really I, I... answer your question very well, but I think, I, I, to answer, I guess the best is that there's a few teams that have done really well, but I think that this this is up to up for grabs.
0: No, I think you answered it perfectly. I agree with you. I think parody's the name of the game. There's not a 2012 USC. There's not a 2015-16 Virginia or 2018 Wake Forest. It's like it's wide open. It's anyone's ball game. And part of that's the COVID era, the depth we see across the country. Every team's really good. In that spirit. Is there a team or coach or player outside of your USC group that has particularly impressed you this year? Like, I'm sure there's a bunch, but is there anyone in particular you've seen, you've said, like, hey, this group
1: is really impressive? Um, Honestly, there's a couple teams. Like, I, I've been really impressed with, honestly, Georgia's turnaround this year. You know, I think when we played them in February – I felt like we were a lot stronger team than they were. And then I saw just them make a a huge switch in their, you know, just maybe it was in their, just their demeanor and their attitude and their belief and their togetherness. They kind of really kind of took a step up and, uh, you know, it showed for the rest of the season. Um, You know, so I, I think seeing that twist, like you don't see too many teams make that good of an adjustment and, and move and elevate themselves as well as they do throughout a year. And I thought they did, they've done a good job. Um, wow. You know, I, I'm impressed with, you know, the work ethic that Texas always has. You know, I think that they, they're always so super gritty and, you know, their guys actually just battle to the end always. And they're always in the match. And usually they come away with those matches if it's close. So, you know, I'm definitely impressed with those, with those couple, those couple programs. You know, everybody else, I mean, they have great, great squads, you know, but just to kind of pick two out, you know, those are two that kind of stand out to me. And we've seen them a lot as well. So, you know, just I've, I've seen them in the fall and I've seen them throughout the spring a couple of times. So I guess that's partly the part to my answer.
0: No, it's fair. I mean, again, I, I think there's so many good stories. That's why I wanted to ask all of the coaches to hit, feel, uh, figure out what the big brains are watching. You mentioned the fall. My last question for you, this year's the last normal fall or this approaching fall, 2023, your last normal fall, because obviously NCAA individuals going to be in the fall of 2024. I know you still have the NCAA tournament right now, but do you start to think about like how uh, I guess how you approach the fall Uh, and maybe do you start to approach it differently as soon as this year or is it kind of still a bridge too far away?
1: I haven't really honestly thought about it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the bridge is still being built in my (laughs) mind and I'm not trying to worry about crossing it. Um, and you know, I do think that it will make some huge adjustments with the way I coach my program going forward, especially kind of the summer months, I'll be really on my guys more about their fitness and their lead up coming into school, making sure that they're kind of on their, you know, best fitness size, fitness ways. Um, because, you know, we're going to be starting having to play like meaningful matches for these guys if they want to have good, you know, and have a chance at making NCAs. where usually... You know, you come in, you can get about a two or three week period to really work the guys into shape and get them going, and then you play like a we go play a hidden duels usually out in Georgia or this year we're going to play in Texas. You kind of get kind of a better idea from where your guys are at, and then you know, then it's okay now. All Americans, blah, go 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 go. Now it's not going to be that way. Um, so yeah, it could it could make an adjustment there, uh, I, but I just it's too far out for me to kind of really predict that at this point.
0: No, that's fair. There's still so many details, of course, we're all waiting to learn. And yeah, I mean, because there are wild card implications now, right? Like with the ITA ATP wildcards coming up, is yeah. that is that something you'll... I mean, I'm sure you'll be monitoring the rankings, right, to try and sneak your guys in?
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously, like Peter and Steph this year were really close all season long. Who knows? They still, you know, if they make a good run here at NCAAs, can still get a chance to, to make it um, onto those ATP, you know, challenger teams. Yeah. Um, and get those those wild cards. So, you know, I know it's definitely in their minds, and that's what is driving them to, you know, want to be more successful on a daily basis. Um, but yeah, it's uh, you know, it's I could have potentially two or three guys doing that this summer, and then maybe this the next summer as well. It's 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 something to uh, keep an eye out, and you know, going to be a challenge to kind of manage on our side at the same time.
0: No, I, I can only imagine. And, you know, again, add it to the list of things, right? As you've got that, you've got, of course, the NCAA tournament to prepare for, though, more uh, pressingly. And so obviously I want to let you and go do that with your team and always appreciate the, sh- the opportunity to chat with you uh, again Probably best for my health that there are no cameras outdoors at Michigan because certainly it would lead to a distracted broadcaster. Um, that said, I'll rain dance just so we can all see the match for you this week on
1: your behalf. I'll rain dance, Coach Alex. I'm telling you again, you need to just come. You get your <laughs> iPhone. I'll get my iPhone. We'll put up the cameras, okay. and you know we'll just broadcast it live on Instagram. And you, you. Give us your best shot, like, doing it live.
0: That's what I – I mean, I'm in. Look, I have a brother who's tall. He's got two arms, so that's two cameras. Um, so that's two courts. There you go. Um, him and me,
1: that's doubles covered.
0: Yeah, look – You just need
1: one camera on each bank of three, and then you're
0: good. It's one ticket at the suite. You go to whomever is in the suite at the big house. You say, oh, you bought your ticket for this suite today? What if instead you give that suite ticket money for cameras? Because it's just one ticket. It's like – I know. Again, the amount of texts I get where it's like, Alex, you are solely responsible for there not being cameras. I assume it's because you don't want anyone seeing what's going on there. And I'm like, yes, that's me as going to Michigan, not living there anymore. That's exactly what's happening.
1: I don't want to get you up on your soapbox here too high because you'll, <laughs> you'll we'll extend your broadcast here a little bit too long.
0: Exactly. I was going to say, look, um, I'm an NIL deal away. I'll tell you what. My first there NIL deal, yeah, it's going straight to the cameras at Michigan. So anyway, any sponsors out there intrigued, that'll be our pathway forward. But, of course, obviously, Coach, looking forward to watching you and the guys compete for the remainder of this season and obviously with all the guys you have making the individuals no matter what happens moving forward i know i'll see you in orlando and obviously looking forward to that always appreciate you taking the time to chat with us
1: thanks Alex. same here hope to uh hope to see in orlando soon yep of course
0: and just for you fight on of course fight on Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully, these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of the deciding point, recapping everything that that's happened to date of course we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel we'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event we're also going to start to work in some D2 D3 coverage as well so rest easy college tennis fans we have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season of course a shout out here at Crack Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible our super producer Daniel Westhoff who has a of an editing job to do day in day out a shout out as well to our dear friends at turna for their support Turner Tough, best grip in the business you can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today with all of that said for our fantastic guest our super producer daniel westoff our friends at turna and from all of us here at both cracked rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy talk to you all soon thanks everyone